Revival First Cast presents Behind the Bucket Inspiring true stories of the men and women of Vader's Fist The 501st Legion Hello everyone, welcome to the 501st Cast, a special edition, the first of a new series that we're going to be doing once a month called Behind the Bucket. I'm Joe, SL or TI, take your pick, 12743. This is Nikki, DZ8397. My name is Jeff Hebert, I am SL slash TI slash ID11907 of the New England Garrison. So welcome and congrats on being our our first victim. (laughs) I'm more than happy to, thanks for talking to me. Um, so you mentioned you're with New England Garrison now, um, but I know you had recently transferred there. Um, so why don't we back up to, what was it, August 2016? And maybe you can um, share with us how you joined the Legion. Um, I happened to be browsing the podcast section on iTunes, and I noticed the 501st cast. I thought, huh, I wonder what that is. Um, I downloaded a couple episodes, started listening three and a half hours later. After browsing the CRL website, I went, huh, I need to do this. <laughs> I think you might be like the only recruit that I know of that the podcast has, has gained. Maybe we should see, you know, people can chime in and our, um, our Facebook page and let us know if anyone else has joined because of the podcast. But I think you're the only one that I've heard of. Um, so which costume did you um, start off with? I looked into doing a TK at first, uh, Stormtrooper, and then realized that there was nowhere in there that I could hide my cane along with my, uh, uh, even in my blaster, I couldn't even hide it there. Um, Eventually, I went back to my first love of the Old Republic, and I I looked at doing a Nihilus, and it just so happened that a member in the area of Houston was selling his, and I, I snatched it up quick and sent him my approval pictures. Yeah, so you started off in our Star Garrison for Texas. Yes, South Texas squad. <laughs> and and you mentioned that um, you had to keep in mind how to hide your cane with your costume. So do you want to explain why you mentioned that? So as, as far as I'm aware, I am the only member of the 501st Legion in the world that is completely blind. All right. You want to share with us any of the, the some of the challenges? I'm sure there's many. Um, <laughs> um, I guess let's start with what were some of the, were there any challenges you found with uh, researching how to meet our CRL since a lot of it is all photo based? Um, it Surprisingly, no. The, the descriptions on a lot of the CRLs are very, very, very uh, descriptive, I suppose. Well, um, good. That's probably good feedback for, for our give- membership team. They give me they give me definitely a really good idea of like what pieces the costume pertains to, um, and like where they go and that kind of stuff. But Nihilus, with as, as I mentioned, I bought it from another member. I was extremely lucky that he was almost exactly my size. That's that's definitely sometimes a rarity to to find a, a pre done costume in your size. Yeah, 
Well, that's actually how I found my Thai Reserve um, that I got uh, from another member, and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, you know, you know, some a lot of times when you get a costume from another member, and it may not fit just right. And I found that out the hard way years ago when I first tried to join the Legion with an Imperial officer that I had gotten from another member who was not my size. They were about the same height, but uh, well, let's just say that my width is a little bit more than usual, and uh, so I had to basically find out the hard way that I needed to have the entire inseam of that costume, uh, at least the, the top part, uh, redone. Uh, it was really, really tied on me. Um, and uh, so, you know, no hard feelings there. I realized they wanted they want us to look just right. Um, and uh, so, but I was just as fortunate as you were that with my Thai reserve that, uh, and I'm hoping to make that a Thai pilot sometime, you know, but uh you know, well, I guess a Thai reserve is kind of a Thai pilot. They're sort of like the reserve pilots. Uh, I don't know the story behind it. The Thai reserve kind of mm-hmm. looks like a cross between an imp officer and a an imp officer. That's kind of an insulting thing. I'm sorry, imperial officer. We're in the empire. Don't want to call them imps, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a term the rebels use, I think, for the imperials. You know, they call us <laughs> imps. But uh, uh, yeah, so I hope to get the whole uh, Thai pilot thing going at some point. But anyhow, you've got a full pilot going, among other costumes, and I am sure then that. Um, and I, what, as I was saying earlier, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, getting help from another member. A lot of times we get, uh, especially, uh, honorary members, kids that we honor with honorary memberships, even we make their costumes for them because they don't have the ability. So with, uh, that in mind, did you have help creating the costumes that you have or, uh, how did you, uh, you know, go about, um, getting what you needed to, to get approved? Um, with my tie pilot? I I genuinely I generally knew what pieces I needed. I knew where to get them thanks to members in the JRS and their Facebook page. But uh, of course, building the armor was going to be just a tad bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it bounced around a couple of the members in Houston that, uh, unfortunately, due to work and family and other things, um, they just didn't have the time to build it. But um, Jesse Grimes, who I believe won a Trooper of the Month last. February 2017 uh, for Trooper of the Month for the Legion um, for uh, all, ironically saving a uh, another visually impaired uh, member, not a member, but a, uh, a recruit, no, a handler. Um, but he was nice enough to, to take my armor off my hands, uh, help me order the extra parts because I bought a B-grade kit, um, which uh, for those who don't know is just uh, has some imperfections in the plastic. And then he helped me put it all together, and I took my approval pictures, and like two, day, two days later, I got um, my approval on that. That is outstanding. So you've got uh, – yeah, it's incredible to me. I mean, it's really inspiring to me that here you are. You can't see, and yet you've got, um, you've got your pilot. And what other costumes do you have? I have my pilot. I have my Darth Nihilus, the Champions of the Force version. And then I just got approved in my uh, – last month in my Armand Izard. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. That's one you don't really hear too much about. No, that one, I honestly, the main reason I picked it is so I didn't have to wear an officer hat. <laughs> but um, uh, it's it's a really unique looking costume. It's essentially a, a red Imperial officer uh, with the same code cylinders, same rank bar, same boots, same belt. But the entire uniform is red. Uh, the All the hair is slicked back into rows. And then on the uh, like the left side of the forehead, from the from the forehead back to about the top of the head, is a, a white stripe of hair. Okay, and is that Imperial Officer Corps or Flagship Eclipse? Which detachment would that fall under? 
That one actually does fall under IOC, the Imperial Officer. Okay, cool. All right, right on. Um, you mentioned that you found – apparently you're – I don't know if you're the only blind member in the Legion, possibly, um, but you definitely – you've got to be the first, I think, among the first that found us via the uh, the podcast here. <laughs> and uh, that was really, really cool. And I thought, you know what? There are so many cool stories in the Legion like yours, uh, but that are different. Uh, and, and so we thought, you know, let's do a recurring segment, you know, here on the on the podcast, you know, interviewing our members and talking about uh, their stories, how they found the Legion, uh, what are some of their favorite moments trooping in the Legion, and, uh, you know, what is it that inspires them to do that they do what they do? Uh, because face it, you know, we love costuming. You know, we One of the things that I always say about being in the 501st Legion is that we get to be the action figures that we always wanted to be when we were kids, when we had the Star Wars toys. Um, oh, definitely. But more than that, we also we get to give back and help out other kids, whether it's trooping at orphanages or hospitals or what have you. And uh, so it, it's kind of like a two in one kind of thing. And uh, you have fun doing it. Win win. Right. So what is it um, that despite your limitations? Well, first of all, are there any limitations other than the fact that you can't see that that impede your ability to troop? Not at all. My lightsaber makes an excellent cane when I'm in my Darth Nihilus. Um, when I'm in my pilot or my officer, I just simply carry my cane with me. I actually, since the officer's red, I actually have a plan to, um, to completely paint a spare cane of mine red to go with the uniform to make it, make it match. Um, but the only thing I really have to do is hold onto someone's shoulder when we're walking around. And other than that, there's no, there's nothing stopping me. Awesome. That is outstanding. Yeah, I will mention that uh, my garrison actually had a member join uh, this past December, and she's legally blind, and she has the um, the TIE pilot uh, 181st uh, dress uniform, so it's sort of like an imperial officer, um, and she's also working on her Mara Jade, um, and, you know, she's actually been um, no... Imp- no um, challenges for her as well in being able to troop with us. Um, actually, we have a troop coming up for her. It's a vision walk that we're doing next month uh, to support researching her particular um, disease that she has. So we're looking forward to being able to support her in that way in a trooping fashion as well. That's awesome. I, I might actually have to travel up for that because that sounds like a blast. I love <laughs> I say, yeah, now you're a little bit closer to Garrison Excelsior than, than you were when you were in Star Garrison. So, yeah, mark down May 12th. I might have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, there are so many different kinds of things that we do in the Legion, trooping-wise. So many different kinds of troops, you know, uh, mentioned hospitals and orphanages and things like that. And so many other things, too. Um, what are some of your favorite experiences, some of your favorite memories trooping that you – first of all, um, you know, I, I have a bad habit, and you'll have to pardon me. I come up with an idea for a question, and then mid-question – I get another idea, so I backtrack. And I was going to ask you, what are some of your favorite trooping memories? But first of all, how long have you been a member of the Legion? Was it? A, it's been a couple of years now, right? I was approved August eighteenth of twenty sixteen. Excellent. Okay, and then okay, and then my original question: What, what are some of your favorite uh, trooping memories? The first troop I ever did was a birthday party for uh, a fellow member of Star Garrison, um, uh, Carl Garing. Actually, his his son had a birthday. And I, we, we, I was super nervous. We'd, um, gone out, gone out, taking pictures. I was taking deep breaths in the, um, in our changing room and a mom walked in and happened to see me and said, you, you with the white mask, can my son get a picture with you? I'm like, 
Me? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had already had my gloves off and everything. I tossed my gloves back on real quick, pulled my balaclava back down, seated it nice and right. I uh, took a picture with them and I had the biggest grin of my life on my face. It, it hurt so much, <laughs> but I would, two of my favorites were both in my tide pilot. We did a, a Harley Davidson event on May 4th of last year with a fellow, a couple other members of, of South Texas squad. And one of those members is a wonderful, wonderful person by the name of Tanya Bouchard. And she happens to be missing her right leg from the knee down. And she was our only stormtrooper that day. So we had to find a way to get her on this perfect stormtrooper looking bike. It was black and white. It looked gorgeous. So she had the brilliant idea of taking her leg off, having us lift her under the arms, setting her on the bike, and then putting the leg back on, taking the picture, and then repeating that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, those are, you know, there's so many good memories out there. And, of course, uh, uh, opportunities for so many more. Uh, we, we spoke a little bit before recording, and I guess you're going to be trooping again uh, this upcoming May the 4th. What are you going to be doing? We are doing a dinner for a little boy named Jackson. I haven't gotten all the details for it yet, but when my local event coordinator says troop, I say where and when, and I just go. <laughs> but um, that's, that's I, what we like to hear. I think uh, and there's another one the day before that, that uh, it's a Make-A-Wish breakfast up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, Make-A-Wish events are always um, emotional and uh, uh, a lot of fun. Oh. But I, th- I think they rank up there just about as emotional as a hospital visit. And um, I, I really think there, when you do those, there's it's hardly ever that you walk away with dry eyes. Uh, it's, I am yeah. so very thankful in the, that's the only time in my life that I've ever been thankful that I can't see is mm. doing what was doing my first hospital event. Tell us about that. Uh, it was, I believe it was Memorial Herman Children's Hospital in Houston, right, either right before or right after Rogue One came out. And it was like our second troop of the day. And we were, we were exhausted. We get there, we get kitted up as soon as we could. And there was uh, a big, big open area with the walls painted with trees on them, as someone described it to me. We had like four Sith Lords there. We had a Maul. We had a Vader. We had a Kylo. And then we had me and my Nihilus. Um, we just went around a couple of the kids' rooms. Um, I handed out some books that I, that I picked up, some stickers. Um, but there was a, a little boy that couldn't get out of his bed. And I was my hands were shaking. I, he, he wanted to see... Uh, Vader and, and Nihilus. So I, I walked up and I, I shook his hand and my, my entire time my hand was shaking. Just please don't screw this up. Please let this little boy have the best day of his life. And uh, it sounds to me like he probably did. I, th- I think he did. I think he had a, he had a blast. <laughs> well, that's good. And, and that's what it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you're done with a troop. And uh, you walk away with that feeling of mission accomplished that you, uh, uh, you know, really, you know, I, I've been uh, with the 501st myself only for a few years now. But before the 501st, I, I had been over a 10 year period uh, with other organizations like the 501st. And because uh, there's there's other Star Wars fan groups out there. I think the 501st was among the, the first of them. But um you know, of course, you know, there's Fan Force and Saber Guild and and uh, the Rebel Legion and the Mandalorian Mercs. And you could go on and on and on. Uh, but um, when it, at the end of the day, what it all we all do the same thing, you know, and it's 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 uh, especially when we all troop together. But you have that feeling of mission accomplished, you know, at the end of a great troop like that, as long as if you made 
one kid happy, then all of the uh, effort that you put into that costume is uh, worth it. Even if it's just one kid, you know, if they have that grin from ear to ear, then that makes every stitch, every uh, piece of uh, molded armor worth worth the the work. And uh, that's the payback we get. We did an event in February of last year um, down in Galveston, Texas for a, um, it was a special needs kids dance. And that was super fun. We had a guy in a NASA astronaut costume out there. We traded, we, uh, we had one of our stormtroopers put on his uh, big bubble helmet and gave him the stormtrooper helmet. But we had, um, there was this little girl that happened to see me and her mom like rushed over and said, oh my gosh, my, my little girl thinks your costume is just the coolest thing in the world. Can she please give you a hug? I said, absolutely. And she, it, the little girl insisted that I take her little fairy wand with me when I left. So I, I stuck it in my belt and I, I, I wore it for the rest of the troop and I still have it on my, on my uh, on my shelf with all my Star Wars pops and all that kind of stuff. Aw, that's awesome. So you found the Legion via the podcast. And, uh, well, you know, of course, we like that. You know, that's We, we reached somebody, Nikki. Uh, and uh, you I know. know. Looking at uh, the page, 501st.com slash podcast, there's like a little tiny number there that kind of tells you how many listens uh, the feed has gotten. And I think we average more or less about 900 to 1,000 listens per episode, which isn't bad, uh, really. But we've got over 12,000 members. Uh, and there are people uh, like Jeffrey before he joined that listen to us before joining. So I know that we're we're getting out there but um i always wanted to reach a larger audience you know that's in anything you do you want to always do better right so um i think this would be a really good segment you know episode number one of behind the bucket but um you know jeffrey you found us via the podcast which is great and uh what other star wars podcast do you listen to and uh um what is it about um the 501st itself that you found really, really intriguing? What made you want to join, really have to join and become a part of this? Believe it or not, I'm actually not subscribed to any other Star Wars podcast, I'm ashamed to say. Oh. <laughs> okay. But the one of the, the – there were two main reasons I wanted to join. And the first was uh, I went completely blind in August of 2015. And I was before that, I was a very big gamer. I was constantly playing online, constantly had talking to friends – that were in other countries on the other side of the world. And then all of that went away. So my, my community went from worldwide to my bedroom. I was uh, at the time I was, I was not necessarily in a dark place, just pretty lonely. And I, I heard about the podcast. I, I found the podcast. I, I started listening and I went, now that's a community I could get behind. I, I just, I started, I, we have a, an Imperial Academy page in Star Garrison that I, I adore because without it, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been able to get in because the forums are still not accessible to me and hint webmasters. Um, <laughs> but the the main other reason was because people tell me I can't or shouldn't do things, then I immediately am determined to go do those things. It's a challenge. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> That's good. That becomes a challenge. I'm always I'm always looking to to just show people that. Just because I'm blind, I'm not useless. I'm not going to sit on my couch drinking soda all day and listening to audiobooks, even though that's exactly what I do. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm always trying to get other members involved with the flagship Eclipse. I'm always trying to, to find uh, events for blind people to do. Um, the one of the ones we did last year for Star Garrison, um, 
was, uh, I can't remember. It might've been May 5th. I went, I drove all the way from Houston to Austin and there was a, the Texas school for the blind had their prom, the, the like space or galaxy themed and they invited us out. So I started campaigning hard for the Austin troopers. I, I, I shamefully browbeat a couple of them into joining me and we had a blast. And the, the staff said that was probably one of the best nights they've all, they've ever had. And it was one of the, most surreal feelings to to be a blind person and to show blind kids that this is not the end. You can do more. That definitely sounds like a, a fulfilling troop for you guys. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. So now you mentioned that um, sometimes there's forums that you're not able to to access. Um, is that because they are not compatible with like a speech to text type setup for you? Uh, the way I use my phone is with the built-in voiceover software, which, if you can hear it, just sounds like that. And it just reads my entire screen to me, But and most websites are pretty accessible, but due to the nature of the old-style forums that, that the 501st uses, um, and just not having links always labeled as what they are and just being labeled as link, 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 uh, it makes it difficult to not necessarily read them, but definitely navigate them. If someone sends me a direct link to, say, a merchandise post or uh, a troop of an, an event post, I can then read that page just fine. Just navigating around and finding things is a little tricky. Yeah, I mean, these are definitely, you know, feedback that I'm sure folks would, you know, want to act on if it's at all possible to, to upgrade them so that stuff is more accessible for everyone. I, I, I've managed to make it work the... Um, the event coordinators here in New England Garrison and the uh, the old and new event co- uh, coordinators in South Texas squad in Star Garrison were amazing about posting every troop in our private um, Facebook chat or Facebook group or whatever we have at the time. Yeah, that comes in handy. I know here in Southern California, Garrison, um, they have a, a, a Facebook group as well. And uh, well, even my squad here in Orange County. Uh, they have their they put they post all of the upcoming events uh, in, on their Facebook group too, which is nice because like you know, and I'm one of those guys that hardly ever signs onto the forums unless I really need to. I don't I don't even think I go onto the main board main boards unless I either uh, am, am getting ready to record this podcast with Nikki and Marcus or if I want to buy something. <laughs> but I mean, uh, and then my garrison. I mean, I only troop uh, uh, a couple times a year with the uh, hillsides. Um, that's my thing. I just, you know, I work so much that I don't really have time to do a lot, but I mean, so yeah, I'm one of those people that don't really go onto the forums a lot, but I use just like everybody else. I use Facebook a lot. So, uh, I, I think that's one, one good way for members to really keep in touch. If you don't want to take the time to log into the forums, well, you're already on Facebook. Well, use that. that I, I recently discovered the, um, the coin trading Facebook group, and that's been my recent addiction. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> There goes like all of your salary. Oh yeah, somebody put out, <laughs> somebody put out a uh, a unicorn coin. That's a rainbow coin, and I I ordered two, and I'm so excited to get those in. That's my current my current carry coin is my um my five first Alaska Gar- uh, Alaska Outpost coin that they ran sometime last year, and uh, but that's gonna be my new one. That's definitely gonna be my new one. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, in how would you? I mean, you've got so many happy uh, trooping experiences, just like I think any Legion member does. But I think every Legion member has 
advice for prospective members? Uh, there's always some kind of snippet, some, something that you, you want to say, make sure you do this or, or don't do that. If someone who is listening to this right now is considering joining the 501st, with your experiences, what would be the first thing that you would tell them? Don't pick an easy costume. Go with the one you love. Take your time. Do the research. Buy things piece by piece. And fall in love with the costume as you build it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I think so. Every costume is a labor of love. Uh, because if it's not, well, then it's probably not the costume for you. Uh, I think that's... I've made so many modifications to my Nihilus. <laughs> Well, um, looking forward to seeing that, and uh, I want to do something for you, Jeff, and uh, I was going to do this off air uh, because I don't really do this anymore. Um, I don't know if you're into Star Wars fan fiction at all, but you said that you like audio novels, and um, I, I haven't done this in a couple of years now, but um, back in 2013, um, I used to have another podcast, uh, and I started this project on Dark Empire Radio, and that podcast ended, and then I created something called Holonet Audio Dramas, and that lasted for a few years. And uh, there's a total of 30, but they're not on the website now. The website is still there, uh, holonetaudiodramas.com, but there's only 11 stories on there now because uh, it's hosted by uh, SoundCloud. And, well, I haven't paid the bill because I don't really uh, record these anymore. Uh, there used to be a total of 30 stories. And uh, I would like to send those to you. They're all Star Wars um, short Fan fiction written stories, family friendly stories set to uh, Star Wars music, uh, mostly Star Wars music, uh, either Star Wars music or royalty free music and uh, sound effects. And they're done in the style that a Star Wars audiobook would have been done in. And I think some of them are surprisingly really, really good. Uh, my friend David Grimillion wrote one of them called Jar Jar Can Be Useful. And usually when I tell, <laughs> tell yeah, what usually when I tell people that's the, the about that one, that's the first reaction I, that I get or an eye roll going, oh, great, a Jar Jar story. But, <laughs> But it's actually – it's really, really good um, and uh, almost emotional, really. And uh, I would like to send you those. What's your favorite medium? Uh, would you prefer a flash drive or a CD? Uh, I don't have a computer, but I do have a CD player, so CD would work. You want an audio? That would be amazing. Thank okay. You. I'll send you a CD that, so it's like a readily playable so that they're not MP3s. I'll just send you a CD that's got um, – it won't be able to fit all 30 stories in that way, but I'll put uh, a CD together that's a, an audio CD that you can put in any uh, player, and it'll uh, it'll have some of the ones that uh, aren't on the site anymore uh, and, and some that are. And uh, I think the best ones. Um, my favorite one is one that I, one of the later ones that I wrote called "The Grip of the Emperor's Hand." That one's not on the site anymore. It's a Mara Jade story, and it's really, really good. So uh, that oh, was, she's a yep. So uh, that'll be on there, and I'll send that to you. Just uh, I'll get your mailing address off air, of course, and uh, I'll be happy to send that to you. And that the whole reason behind Holland at Audio Dramas, uh, by the way, was to gear that towards um, people such as yourself that uh, can't see, but it, it's to encourage uh, literacy reading, but also to bring fan fiction and that medium of Star Wars fandom to folks that, that can't see. So That's uh, in its day, um, we I made about a thousand CDs, uh, just maybe a little under a thousand CDs. Uh, I bought um, a CD burner here, or a duplicator, I should say, and I could duplicate audio CDs like crazy. Um, 
And for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2015, uh, we gave about 300 of those out at Celebration. And the other remaining six to 700 I just did over that three-year period. And the project came to an end because it just it got so expensive. SoundCloud itself costs money to run every month. So, um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyhow, so yeah, I'll be happy to, to burn another one for you and I'll send it to you and I hope you like it. And uh, But enough about that. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, getting back to what we here are in the 501st Legion, I think it goes to show then that the Legion itself, there there really are no limits. It doesn't matter what your disability. Our, our founder obviously um, became disabled after he had founded the Legion. You know, he's missing his leg, um, you know, that being Albin. And uh, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really matter what your disability. There's always room for somebody in the Legion. Um, one of the... Uh, I think we have a Jawa. Nikki, you might know this person, seeing as how you're a Jawa. Um, and I, and I don't speak, uh, Jawa. So, yeah, Utini. But, uh, we have a member who I think it, we have a member in her 90s who is a Jawa, if I remember correctly. I actually know her. Oh, you do? That's, um, okay. that's, uh, I don't, I, I believe her name is Mercedes Ramos Sanchez. But yeah, she, she was from Texas, I believe, right? In, uh, what is now the Rough Riders squad in, uh, San Antonio. See, well, that's amazing. So it just goes to show that there's no limit. Anybody can join. I mean, obviously, kids can join the Galactic Academy. But I mean, as far as the Legion itself, there is no physical limitation that that uh, can keep you from becoming a part of this great organization. And that that is we actually have an official subgroup called the 501st Walking Wounded for those with disabled with disabilities. That is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that subgroup? Is that sort of like a detachment or how does that work? That is uh, – it's an unofficial subgroup run by Albin. Um, I believe on his personal website, there should be a tab called Walking Wounded Roster, and it's got a, an oodles and oodles of names on it. We've got uh, everything from someone blind like me to people that are partially deaf, uh, people who have uh, back issues, people that have uh, heart issues. One of my friends in Houston has a heart issue, and he's in there. Uh, Nikki Powers in Star Garrison has um, is going through knee surgery this year. She's in there. Um, just – Everything you can think of. We, I believe, I don't want to get it wrong. I think she's in the Nordic Garrison or somewhere near there. Um, but she is, uh, she's pretty autistic. She has, she has autism, and she's, uh, she's a member, and she's just absolutely in love with it. She loves, loves trooping. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm a disabled vet myself, so I, you know, not that I really want to, you know, become a part of that, but I definitely would uh, be interested in learning more about it. There's something I'm always learning about the Legion. How about this? You know, here I am doing the podcast. <laughs> I've been a member for a few years now, and I'm always learning something about the Legion. And here I am interviewing, uh, you know, someone, a guest to the show, and he's, he's teaching me more and more about this wonderful organization of ours. I had no idea that there was something like that out there. So, uh, I definitely am, am uh, intrigued. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I've never met Albin. And uh, our organization is so large. I've never met our founder. And here we, here I am, you know, doing our podcast. Uh, never even spoken with Albin. <laughs> I would love to meet him sometime. I, I had the, the pleasure of meeting him at Celebration last year. That is awesome. That is really, really cool. Nikki, anything else? We got favorite troops and <laughs> uh, your costumes and... And how you've overcome any challenges someone might have perceived that you have, but mm-hmm. actually aren't really an issue for you. So I'm really happy to hear that. And I'm glad that you were able to take some time out to come on the show. 
Uh, no problem. I've, I've actually got two more costumes in progress, one of the which happens to be Churrit Imwe from Rogue One. Oh, outstanding. Oh, perfect. Outstanding. <laughs> I'm, I'm weathering the shoes uh, this week. I've just been wearing them out and about and getting them dirty. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, I'm so very excited for that costume. It was a, a, a going away present from South Texas squad. Ah, oh, that's nice of them. Oh, uh, they're, they're, those guys will always be family. As much as I love New England Garrison, those guys will be my, my Star Wars family, and I can't wait, get, wait to get back to them. I'm hoping, back to, hoping to move back this fall. I think you said the key word right there, family. You know, some people join the 501st Legion for different reasons. Some want to do the charity troops. Some just want to wear the costume. Others join for both reasons. Some just want to uh, do it for the conventions. But for those that, that join because of what the Legion offers, you know, to the charity aspect, but also the, the social aspect, being being in an organization like ours with like-minded uh, people – those are the people that I think really get the familial experience, and I think that's what it. We, why we call ourselves brothers and sisters because it really is family, and I've come to know that over the years. It it is such a family organization. There's nothing quite like it. So you hit the nail on the head right there. I, I will always see those guys as family. Some of the best friends I've ever made in my life. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not done yet. Um, so I know a lot of the Thai pilots in my garrison, at least, they, they use their call signs on the JRS forums as their usernames. We forgot to ask you what your call sign is. That's a really important thing for Thai pilots, I hear. Oh, yes. And they are stingy about giving them out. You got to earn your call sign. Mine happens to be blind spot for very obvious reasons. Yeah, brilliant. We so, have a lot, a lot of fun giving out Thai, thai call signs. Um, and you were mentioning earlier that you... Uh, with uh, some help from a garrison mate from Star, you had made a little modification to your to your armor to play off on that uh, call sign. I did. We went to Dallas Fan Expo as a trial run for my for my Tie pilot, and I kept I didn't have my cane out because at the time I felt like it broke the image of the costume. But I kept bumping into people, and they would get really angry at me. So when we went down to Star Wars Celebration, I had. Um, uh, another fellow member print out a little vinyl decal that's got a yellow and black warning around the edge, and it says, Caution, Blind Trooper, so people know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast.